You're listening to the Holy Hot Mess Mom podcast. I'm Heather, and I like to treat this podcast like we're just old friends sitting around in our jam jams with no makeup, a messy bun, and probably some sort of bodily fluid on our shirt from a child. In this show, we chat about homemaking, simplifying mommyhood, Jesus, and everything in between. This is a place where we embrace that life can sometimes be a crazy, beautiful, hilarious mess. I want to give you the encouragement, support, and some practical tips to help you thrive, even when some days you might feel like you're riding the Holy Hot Mess Express. So grab a cup of coffee or wine if it's been one of those days, relax, and let's chat. All right, so today's episode, we are talking about church and when church does not give you that warm and fuzzy feeling that we can look at other people and kind of envy that their churches are this vibrant, like great music. You know, I specifically am kind of reaching out to people that I know that have left the Catholic church for another denomination or community or whatever. And I get it. The church and some parishes can really seem, and I'm using jazz hands, like seem like this unwelcoming, judgmental, rigid, stuck in their ways, controversy ridden, you know, non fun place. And it might not make you happy to be in there. You know, you might not quote unquote, feel anything. And I really get why people would want to encounter Jesus in this music filled, music filled arms raised vibrant pastor giving these amazing and touching and encouraging preachy preachings, because you feel something, you know, your emotions feel something when you go to these services that you don't think you feel when you go to a Catholic mass. And I get that. But I'm going to tell you something that maybe is kind of hard to hear. Well, a few things. (laughs) The first one is that it's not about us and how we feel. It's about what God wants. And that's a realization I had to really come to. Because those churches on the beach and things like that, like those sound awesome. But I have to remember that God is eternal. And he has set for thousands of years how he wanted to be worshiped and adored. And that's not saying that those people at those churches don't have relationships with God, but you might be missing out on something because you're going after a feeling instead of going after the prescription for church that God wrote. This is something I had to come to a realization too about is that the reason why you don't quote unquote, feel anything is because you and I, I'm speaking to myself, were extremely poorly catechized. So catechesis, you know, Sunday school, whatever it is, however you were taught about the church. Unfortunately, those programs, at least whenever I went through them, didn't teach me to know what God wants, or how to read the Bible or how to get deeper in prayer or why we do X, Y, and Z at church. And so I didn't know or appreciate anything about church and the mass. Me, for example, my kind of faith-ish story was I was raised by a Catholic mom and a quote-unquote Lutheran dad. I would say he's more agnostic. You know, he believes in a higher power, but he's not like strictly Lutheran or anything. My mom was raised in this post-Vatican II world where nuns were taught, you know, nuns taught in schools and they smacked you with the rulers and instilled this fear in her. And confession to her is a scary thing because it's like this judgmental place where you have to, you know, because you're forced to go confess your sins. And she looks at it like this, you know, how I did before I started 
you know, breaking down the walls and actually going to confession, that it's like this scary judgmental place. And I'm going to sit there and be told how much of a bad girl that I am. And when we weren't taught the beauty and deep tradition and the whys of the church, when times got tough, like when my dad was deployed or whatever, going to mass on Sundays was one of the first things to go. And when I hit confirmation, it was like, yes, now I get to de- get to make the decision whether or not I want to go to mass on Sundays and I'm going to decide no, because I want to sleep in, you know, and we're not given this deep faith that's going to get us through the hard times. We're given this, you know, you go to church because you're supposed to, <laughs> not for the whys of why you should get to go to church. Anyways, back to the points. We're not taught either by our parents or by failure of the church, the goodness in the richness of our faith. And unfortunately, I think that at least for my church, that my mom hoped my God, I got my God and learning on during Sunday school. And the Sunday school might have thought maybe I was getting my deep God learning on at home. And it was kind of a bit of a mix up, you know, we weren't taught what God wants, or what he obliges us to do. We were just taught this wishy washy, God wants you to pray and you know, talk to him and when you need something and make sure you go to mass every Sunday or else kind of teaching. And if you don't know why God wants what he wants, or you don't know why the church even exists, or why the Pope has the position he has, or why priests are the only people that can do X, Y, and Z, then none of it matters to you, right? Like, why would you care that the church says you can't get communion if you're living in sin, if you don't even understand what communion is? Or like, okay, so you're not gonna let me have this tasteless wafer because I'm having sex with my boyfriend. If that's the case, then I'm just either gonna do it anyway and get communion because it's just this tasteless wafer, or I'm just not going to go to church. Plus, the preaching is only about five minutes of the whole thing, and I don't ever feel like I get much out of it, right? So then I'm just not going to go listen to the rest of the boring stuff. But if you don't understand all of it, then you don't understand what you're missing. So we've missed being taught the truths of the church. And these are just that. They're truths. (laughs) Like, they are the truth. And when you learn them, they kind of rock your world and change your perspective. So I'm going to give you a rundown on why you should be coming back into the church. If you were raised Catholic, or if you're not Catholic and you're interested, this is basically Catholic 101, you know, for anybody to kind of get the gist and maybe get your wheels turning and want to go learn some more about the church and maybe start going back. Like that would just be the praise hands for this episode. So number one, the whole purpose of salvation if you've never been taught, is that God wanted to make us his family. Adam and Eve separated that family bond, and they put up a wall between humans and God. He created us to love, and that love has to be free or else it's slavery. You know, you if you force your children, say I love you every night before bed, that, that doesn't mean as much as when they freely choose to look at you in the eye and say, Mommy, I love you. That's not true love if you don't have it free. So in order for us to have this family bond with him, he wants it to be mutual. He doesn't want to enslave us. And you can read it all in the Bible. So God starts this whole journey after Adam and Eve to get us right back into the covenant with him. And a covenant is a, an agreement, you know, like a legal agreement would be, but it's a deep family agreement, like an adoption. And he tried and tried, but everywhere left and right, the Jews were failing miserably. They were worshiping worshiping statues and breaking rules, and he had to fix it himself by creating a bridge that crushes all the stupid crap we can do to build up a wall between the two of us. And he built that bridge to make us in his family, to get us over those walls that were put up by Adam and Eve, 
and that bridge was Jesus. So in order to, this is number two, in order to get into this covenantal bond, there has to be an agreement. You do this and I do that kind of thing, you know, and this Abraham covenant, you circumcise your kid and he's in God's family. But if you break these mosaic covenantal laws, you're screwed until you sacrifice something for your sins. So this goes on and on because we're humans and we suck, frankly, you know, so like nobody's perfect. And so they're sinning and then the priests, you know, offer sacrifice on the for everybody's for reparation for everybody's sin to get right with God again. And it became this like very you do bad, you sacrifice. Now everything is OK. You do. But, you know, and so God ends up ha- having his own son be born into a man so that he can become the ultimate sacrifice to God from God for us back to God to create that bridge between us and God and to eternally make us God's part of God's adoptive family. And when Jesus came that, that made God no longer untouchable to humans before Jesus, there was like this elite few who would hear God and be able to feel the Holy spirit. And after Jesus, anyone who was baptized can receive that Holy spirit and feel the presence of God with them. And anyone who is, who is baptized is immediately entered into this covenantal adoptive family bond with God. And he's now our father who loves us unconditionally. And Jesus is our brother. And we're all brothers and sisters in our family. So if you're a mom, you can understand that unconditional love. So number four, we screw up this bond still and constantly. And even after Jesus took away all these crazy rules and says, just live by the laws of love, the 10 commandments, which none of them would be broken. If you just purely, purely loved you, if you purely loved, you would not kill or steal or lie. So those 10 commandments are the ones that still stand. So we have to continually renew this covenant with God by making the once and for all sacrifice present to our current day. And that is communion at church. So for this, we're on to point number five, you've got to understand what Catholics believe about communion. And it's two things that it is actually the body and blood of Jesus made present to this day. And I'm going to have another entire podcast about Eucharist and communion because it's quite literally the focus of mass. And I think it's fascinating because I'm a nerd. But for now, you can research it on your own. But it is not bread and it is not wine. That is flesh and blood. And it is gross to think about it that way. But it is. (laughs) And also that communion in the Catholic Church means that you are in communion, in agreement with everything that the church and the the body of believers believes and teaches. And that's a hard one for most people because communion is looked at it like this thing, like, oh, you, you can't have communion. You know, excommunication just means you're not in communicate in communion with the church. You cannot receive communion. That's looked on like a judgy thing, but really it's kind of for your own protection because then you're not agreeing to things that you don't agree with. So because of what we believe about the Eucharist and communion, we're on to number six. Your sins still need to be forgiven before you partake. So your big sins, the ones you're 100% aware of, but you commit them anyways, the ones you're basically giving God the burden saying, I don't care what you want. (laughs) I want what I want. So baptism wipes us free of sin, but then we, we get stained again. We get stained with the sin because we're human and we screw up all the time. And we have to go to confession to clear those stains off of our hearts so that we can be made worthy of this ultimate sacrifice of eating the flesh and drinking the blood of God. 
again, to understand the whole flesh and blood thing, you have to understand the Eucharist. You really got to listen to the next episode on the Eucharist. (laughs) It's all in John chapter six, FYI. (laughs) Number seven, the reason why you need to be going back to church is that Jesus himself created this church. No church on the face of the earth can claim this, none. And it's important because of two things. The church was created to be the captain of the ship while Jesus is gone. It's full of totally imperfect, sinful people. Everybody from your priest at your church all the way up to the Pope. But we've been given the map and the navigation tools by God himself. This institution has remained for almost 2,000 years. What organization can say that anywhere, you know? And this is where the whole part about not agreeing with the church teachings comes in. God is all-knowing and never-changing, and that's hard for us humans to understand. The church is here to make sure that we remember our history and don't interpret God just the way we want. I mean, think about it. You can walk into any other denomination service and listen to them read Matthew chapter 6, and they could all have a completely different message, some of them conflicting messages, and a different interpretation. And this is dangerous. How in the world can you be sure you're getting the interpretation that Jesus and God the Father himself intended? Yes, we're alive with the Holy Spirit. Yes, we all have Bibles accessible to us. But I looked it up. There are 109 different English translations of the Bible. So how do we know what we're reading is even what God intended? You know, it's all converted from these, all translated from these older languages that we don't understand now. So this is why God instilled the church. So that we have fact checkers and a compass. I can read to the part of the Bible and interpret that as, As long as I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, then I'm good. I don't need to go to Mass or do anything else. But we can fact check it with the church and the tradition of the last 2,000 years and the practices of the people who lived when Jesus did or right after Jesus did and were taught by the apostles. And they went out and started churches after Jesus and told them to go. And they didn't go and say, oh, wait, no, the fathers of the church said we we were meant to go to Mass and meet as a community, confess our sins and... These people who lived when Jesus did, or the apostles, taught these people. They went out and started churches after Jesus and told them and literally wrote letters back to them that said, "Uh, wait, no, the fathers of the church said that we're meant to go to mass, meet as a community, confess our sins to one another, get them forgiven, and celebrate the Eucharist. It's our fact check and our compass, and no other institution can claim that. And a lot of people have a problem with that because there's a lot of problems within the human aspect of the church. And you have to separate the human aspect from the divine aspect. The human aspect is they are all sinners. We are all sinners. And it's a fact of life. It doesn't mean that everybody shouldn't be striving to be better (laughs) and that there shouldn't be reform, but you don't leave Jesus because of Judas. My point number eight is Jesus gave, like Jesus himself gave the power to someone to act in his person until he returns. And there's two ways for that. Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. He wasn't just trying to be nice. He was referencing Isaiah 22, where the kings of the Davidic kingdom, years and years and years after David was dead, were given to Elikim, the keys of authority over the kingdom of David. This is what Jesus is passing on to Peter. And just like when Queen Elizabeth passes, the keys to the British kingdom will be passed on to her successor, so will the keys of the throne of Peter, aka the Pope, be passed down to a successor. A successor that's within the family, the church, and is chosen by others in the family 
with hopefully the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that this person is perfect or that everybody that decided on the Pope has made a perfect decision because we are all imperfect. And this also doesn't mean that that person should be worshipped because they're not God. There have been many a Pope to do some awful things and no one is perfect, only Jesus and only Mary. So this is, but this is the reason why we looked at the Pope to shepherd the flock on earth, to guide us in the right direction and to lead us back to the proper interpretations of what God wanted so that we don't try to make God fit in our box instead of us morally raising our standards in the bar to meet what God wants. God instilled the church and the authority of the Pope to help captain the ship until Christ comes again. And there really isn't any doubt in that. That authority that he gave Peter, this is point number nine, and the disciples to shepherd and forgive sins was real. Just like the priest's acts, we call it, it's in persona Christi and the person of Christ over the sacrifice of the Eucharist to have God transform it into the body and blood of Christ. He also gave them the power to forgive sins. They say, whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. The Jewish tradition of laying on in the hands was a tradition of blessing and passing on authority within the priesthood. So you can trace it, although it would take forever, from your parish, your parish priest through laying on the hands all the way back to Jesus and Peter and the first disciples. Again, no other church can claim this, none. That's why our communion and our Eucharist is, is valid, you know, because there is a succession of Peter and the laying on in the hands. But again, there's going to be an entire episode about the Eucharist next Friday. So this is why it's important to get cleansed of your sins, to be returned back into your baptismal purity by confession at least once a year so that you can, re- ugh, so that you can receive communion at least once a year, just like Passover is set- celebrated in Jewish tradition once a year. So, but we all know that we fail hard many times more than just once a year. So that's why you shouldn't receive communion unless you've gone to confession and you need to be going to confession if you have any of these big, major, fully aware, sinful things, but you do it anyways, sins. So in a few weeks, we'll also be talking about confession and I've got some really interesting stuff on that. Okay, final thing is... The reason why you belong to the Catholic Church, and by the way, Catholic means universal in Greek. It means just one big church of believers is because God wants you to be in his heavenly family forever. So those earthly decisions and things that are weighing you down, they're nothing compared to this eternal life, this eternal kingdom that you get to inherit with Jesus because you're an adoptive child. It's hard for us to separate our mundane days and you know, the crappy things of this world and realize everything in an eternal view. But if you can, if you can turn your heart to heaven for just a minute, you'll realize that those things that, quote, make the church outdated and behind in the times are all just the church sticking to their guns because they're in the business of trying to get souls saved. They're not in the business of condemning people. They're actually trying to get souls up to heaven. They want everyone to be in heaven. And the mass is actually heaven on earth and bits of it, bits of us going up to heaven and Jesus coming down in the Eucharist. The word is being spoken. We're meeting the physical body of Christ in the Eucharist. 
and we're getting it in the community. We're singing hymns that angels actually sing in heaven as per revelation by John, like the Gloria and the Holy, Holy, Holy. So those are kind of my, if you have been away from the church, like reach out to me. We will find you a church that you feel more comfortable at because believe me, many different parishes have many different feels and you might just be have gone to one that you don't feel comfortable at and that's fine but that's no reason to leave the eucharist you need to find a church that you feel comfortable at i've also got some really good books to read if you're interested in learning more about why you got to get your booty back into church and back to mass i am a firm believer that we have got to re-catechize ourselves learn more about our faith because it makes it real and tangible, and it makes us want to go running towards the church instead of from it. So my first recommendation to understand church and why we do the things we do is to read A Biblical Walk Through the Mass by Dr. Edward Sree. He also has a great podcast called All Things Catholic, and you should totally look that up. I'll link to all this stuff. But the second one is a book called Reasons to Believe by Dr. Scott Hahn. This book, the whole beginning of it is kind of a reasons why you should believe in God. And the whole second half of it is reasons why the church does X, Y, and Z. So it explains the Pope and why we call upon the saints and why and what we think of Mary and the Eucharist and things like that. And it's really done in layman's terms. And it makes you understand, which then makes you want to return to church. Another book or two books by Dr. Scott Hahn are A Father Who Keeps His Promises and The Lamb's Supper, The Mass is Heaven on Earth. So those three books, I think I read in, quote unquote read, in Audible. So you can go on audible.com. If you've never used it before, get your free book and use one of those. I've also got in the links for the show notes, a YouTube video of some Dr. Scott Hahn talks. And honestly, this is what popped up in my Facebook feed a couple years ago. I don't know how. And it's what turned me on to Dr. Hahn's writings and his speeches. He is an amazing speaker, a former Protestant minister, and now Catholic theology professor and author. He's got some good, really easy, like conversational style reading, but it's factual theology for anybody who wants to understand the church and Jesus and their teachings without having to like actually learn biblical Hebrew or Greek. So the link will be in the show notes as well. Um, as you can look it up in the app you're listening to in the show notes or at my blog, holyhotmessmom.com slash podcast slash episode zero one one. This episode is over, but there's lots more content for you to check out on my website. Head over to holyhotmessmom.com for all sorts of downloads, posts, and ridiculous stories, as well as the show notes for today's episode. Don't forget to find me on Instagram and Facebook at holyhotmessmom, as well as in our exclusive mama Facebook group by searching Holy Hot Mess Mamas. That's Holy Hot Mess, M-A-M-A-S, so we can connect, share, encourage, uplift, laugh, and be virtual best friends. Do you have a topic or something you want to hear about on the show? Shoot me an email at podcast at holyhotmessmom.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions. If you like this episode, would you do me a huge favor and head over to your podcast app and give us a rating and review so that more ladies can find our podcast. The more great reviews we have, the wider we reach with our support, tips, laughs, and encouragement. I would really appreciate it. Until next time.